Welcome to the Bloom Where You're Planted podcast from Never Too Late Cafe. I'm your host, Laura Womack. Each week, we sit down for a chat with someone just like you, someone who had an idea, a passion, a dream, or sometimes just a thought, and planted that seed, watched it grow into something they wanted to share with the world. If you have an idea for a topic or someone that would be a guest for the Bloom Where You're Planted podcast, Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, where you can join our Never Too Late Cafe Facebook group. We'd love to hear from you. I have a special guest with me today, Julie Lamb. Welcome, Julie. How are you today? Thank you so much, Laura. I am extra delighted to be talking to you today. How are you today? Good, good. So tell us where you're currently living. Well, I am currently living in Louisville, Kentucky, um, and it feels like a beautiful homecoming uh, because I was born in Louisville and raised here, Um, but I did spend a few years living abroad. Um, So to come back, uh, I just, I feel, I feel really excited to be back in (laughs) galloping in my stomping grounds and (laughs) It, it, it's kind of, I don't know, I've, my heart has always been kind of a collection of different places, just mm-hmm. because um, I am from Louisville, but my mom is actually from Ecuador. So oh, okay. uh, we, we grew up spending summers in Ecuador. And then my grandmother, my mom's mom was from Eastern Europe. So I feel like I kind of have always seen the world in a patchwork of, of stories and tapestry of people and I think that's also made living in Louisville feel really special because anywhere I went in the world I I always felt Louisville and just pieces of Kentucky in my heart and anywhere I went or anywhere I've I've visited I I feel proud to be from here oh that's wonderful so you kind of let's go about the living across the world so yeah. Oh, that's actually, <laughs> that was um, actually because of a New Year's uh, resolution. <laughs> oh, okay. I, uh, I like to set, I guess I like to set intentions for the year, um, something that shapes the year. Uh, and that year was the year of dreams coming true. Um, I think because of the fact that my mom was from Ecuador and like I said, my, my grandmother was from Europe, like she, she grew up in Slovakia. Um, and so I'd always dreamed of living abroad one day and also just, I'd always dreamed of writing about the world uh, that I saw around me. And that was a year that anything that I felt like I'd always wanted to do, I felt like this is the year I'm going to do it. I don't want to wake up one day and think of all the things that I would have dreamed that I could have and not done them. Like this feels like a great year to just, why not? why not try this year? Why not (laughs) chase after all of these dreams? And so I wasn't planning on staying. I thought that I would just be abroad for um, a half a year. Um, Because I I still, (laughs) I can vividly remember uh, the conversation when I told my family that I was going because I knew that I would be going to Tel Aviv. I think that uh, they thought when I was sort of announcing this that I would be going for just 10 days um, because there was a trip of 10 days where you kind of just explored all of Israel in the beginning. 
but I sort of announced that I would, I decided I was going to do that and then stay for this five month internship program after. So I remember telling them that in one fell swoop, which definitely came as quite a shock. Um, Mm. And so also when I ended up staying after this program, again, I, I wasn't planning on, on staying. I thought I would just be going for five months, but I, I fell in love with Israel while I was abroad. Um, And I just, I decided to sort of be open to life and let life happen. And I ended up staying a little over three years. And it was definitely wildly unanticipated. And I think I've always cherished that about that experience. And that's why oftentimes when, I, when I'm thinking about anything that could happen in my life, I'm, I <laughs> no longer do I come up with kind of concrete plans of like what I think my life is going to be. I'm just very open to where it could take me. Cause I, if you had told me that 10 years ago, I, I wouldn't have known that was going to happen. Wow. I'm a planner. So <laughs> I've never been quite that free. I'm like, I have my to do my this, whatever. So oh, I definitely understand my, my mom and my brother, they're very, they're very savvy with the plans. And so I'm definitely, <laughs> I've, I've seen the magic of plans in motion as well. <laughs> so you've called yourself or a label, I should say, not a term, but a label of desert okay. devour. <laughs> Can you explain? Yes, um, <laughs> I, I desert or dessert? I, well, I would say um, I, I, I have a massive sweet tooth. Um, and so I kind of have always loved the fact that I, I, I like to, to eat dessert first, but I also happened to go towards the desert. And so I, I kind of like the, the sort of play on words. Um, and I also like the alliteration. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think that that sort of fits in the sense of that's part of what I love so much about travel Um, because I just, I love food. I love taste. And I also think that you can savor experiences. I think that you can taste, you know, what a sunrise looks like. I think that you can drink in the the starlight glittering over the sea. Um, And so I I adored being by the desert. I also am obsessed, like I said, with with desserts. And I also think there's um, a double meaning there too, in the sense of, I'm very much uh, like I, I'm, I'm all for finding the silver lining when it's authentic. I, I, I'm not for like, I think that the silver lining is beautiful and exquisite, but I, I wouldn't force it. If someone is going through a really difficult experience, I also don't think that there's pressure to find silver lining at every turn either, but I just happen to really have a fierce, faith in just optimistically believing there's precision to the universe. And I think that there's a sweetness to that. And so I think that there's a reason that <laughs> I have such a sweet tooth. Um, I was uh, born on Valentine's Day. So I've always oh. felt <laughs> like that was also precise. Oh, my word. I, I you are to have dessert and chocolate. Yes. So I, I feel like I was kind of destined to be a dessert devourer and desert devourer and just devourer of life. And I, I love, I love feeling just the nourishment of love around. And I think that life just is meant to be celebrated and rejoiced. And 
I drink that in and I, I eat that right up. Amazing. Um, amazing. I, you know, we've, we've met and there's just, there really is that energy around you. I can tell you that. So well, we're going to go kind of back in your story and we're going to start from well, I, I was going to say, I, I felt that, I felt that with you too. I, I, I really, like, it was such a magnetic uh, conversation and <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I'm really delighted to be part of your podcast today. Well, thank you, Julie. So, um, so let's start from the beginning and figure out, um, how you got to where you're at now. So, um, you love life, but when did some of these things about travel and writing and all of those things, you're an excellent storyteller and we'll get to the part about your writing when we catch up to that. But how did it all start for you? Was it like in your family influenced you or from a child? I'm, I would say, I mean, I'm, I'm very, very close um, with my family. And like I said, um, because of the fact that my mom, she was from Ecuador and my grandmother was from Eastern Europe, I was always very aware of just that there was adventure around the corner and that there were stories in lands and also just amongst people. Um, and my, my grandparents were actually Holocaust survivors. And so our family, it it was small. My mom's family was very, very small. And so I think that that's also part of why I, from a very young age, even before I fully understood what that meant. And again, I, I can never fully understand because that's just, just a singular experience that my grandparents overcame. Um, and though I, I never met that grandfather, I'd always heard stories about him and I, you know, I was very close with that grandmother and I just, I was always aware of just everyone has a story that has shaped them. And I think that I also, you know, learned that from my grandmother who, I mean, she was 16 or 17 and she lost all of her family at, at such a young age. And you wouldn't have known that necessarily if you met her because she, she loved life just fiercely and fearlessly and fully. And so I think that that always has shaped me. And I also think that that shaped the way that my mom, you know, I mean, she and my dad just loved us with the best of them. I mean, my parents are definitely also, they're, they're each products of their own experiences and they're just, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I grew up just always feeling the magic of, I guess, that there's magic in the ordinary too. And so mm-hmm. I think that I also cherish that about just, there was always magic in my house and there was laughter and there was play. There was never any rush to grow up. And also as an adult, like I said, like seeing, you know, seeing things looking back and understanding that my grandmother did not have that privilege. She had to grow up so quickly, you know? And Mm so I, I'm able to really appreciate that tenfold because as a kid, I I was always just, I mean, we were, there was magic in words. You know, my, my, my father, he would bring out the dictionary anytime that you didn't know a word, 
you know, you weren't shamed for not knowing something. It was, it was an adventure. And I think that that's what I love about adventure too, is you don't have to have adventure just based on geographical location. You know, there can be an adventure just, just beyond the page. There can be an adventure in learning and being curious. And I think that that's even before I ever understood that I had a love and passion for writing and for words, there was a passion for play. There was a thirst for adventure. And I, I just, I got to be a kid. And I, and I think that that was just such an integral part in being an artist in the sense of that portal to imagination. I always was imagining. I remember we went to Washington DC on, on a trip when I was little. And I think someone, someone asked me on the street, there was some sort of like, I don't know, TV interview. I, it, 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 I was very young, but I remember going off on like what I imagined a monster would look like and imagining, I think I, I, think I imagined this monster to be like violet with, I don't know, green polka dots and all kinds of digits and, you know, I, I just remembered, I always was imagining when I was away at recess, I was always off in my own world daydreaming. And we were always reading stories in my house. And that was a sacred part of bedtime, like being told a bedtime story was magical. The way that my father would read in different voices. It was magical. That's priceless. And so it's, it's those moments or, you know, my mom, she would take us uh, to the library for different programs. I remember there was a program where someone made a record player. I think half of it was out of cardboard. And I just, I thought that that was, I mean, I still remember it. I remember all all these, (laughs) all this time later, I can still remember just being astounded that cardboard could play music if someone imagined it differently. And so I think that I always kind of marched to the beat of my own drummer and my parents always nourished that. They encouraged that. They, like they, they gave me the space and freedom and comfort to be a kid. And I think that that was just pivotal. And I also think because of the fact that I understood at a very early age even before I understood that my family had survived so much trauma in our past, I understood that what it meant, at least at a surface level, that my grandmother had survived so much. And my mom, I think that she also wanted us to be aware of the people around us and the world around us. So it wasn't just about imagining and adventuring, but my mom would take me, like I remember she would take me to a nursing home in Ecuador. Um, And it wasn't necessarily to visit family that I knew, but it would be family that became chosen family. So from from an early age, I remember being aware that there were stories outside of my own and perspectives Mm. outside of my own. And that was also so important, I think, because I think that it meant that, again, I, I, I kind of grew up just surrounded by magic in all these different ways. And I think that that magic I carry with me. There would be no world in which I became the writer that I am today or the person that I am today um, 
without that magic and without that awareness and understanding that every single person walking this earth is living and breathing their own story, whether you know it or not. And Mm -hmm. no person's story can you read on their face. And so that's part of what I love about travel. Like that's kind of what inspired me to want to live abroad is I knew even just from Ecuador, because that's, that's, those are the trips where we would spend more time. We, I mean, I also remember that my grandmother took us on a trip uh, to Europe and I got to see where she grew up as well. So I think that that also always made a difference to me where Ecuador wasn't just the place that I got to see my grandmother in the summer, but I, I got to understand the land that shaped my mom. Mm-hmm. Or when I went to Slovakia, I got to understand, I'm, I mean, I'm eating gelatos on the street, you know, with my grandmother and also understanding she walked these streets as a girl and that, that forever changed who she became. And so I think that I've always loved that about people and stories and travel. And I've just always been raised with that curiosity. And I think it's made me hungry for life. Mm. You certainly had a good background for it. And so your jewels with the curls. Yes, yes. That is um, my Instagram account. Um, I, um, my, my, my family, they, they, they nicknamed me jewels. <laughs> so, 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 so my family and, and some, some people will call me jewels. Um, and so that's, that's definitely a part of my identity too. I think that every person's nickname for you also, every person knows a different part of you. And so I think that that also forms who you become. And my curls are definitely, they feel like such a part of my identity in the sense of growing up. I felt like they made me so different. And um, I've really come to embrace the fact that I feel like my curls are, are whimsical and wild and everyday different and I've kind of come to embrace that that sort of fits who I am so I think that that's that even just that name became a part of me just embracing who I am and in who I wanted to share with the world and so my Instagram account I I definitely post snapshots of it it started off with just snapshots of of my life Um, there was a time before I went off to Israel that I was writing about food and theater in Louisville. And so I think I I started uh, sharing photos of some of my foodie adventures. Then when I went off uh, to live in Tel Aviv and I explored all kinds of different lands there, it was a way to connect with my family and friends back home. And then as home broadened into different homes all over the world, it just, it became a way to share stories and capture those stories. And so I would say that it's definitely morphed into an account where I share, I share different stories. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll call them like Insta poems. <laughs> um, and They're some definitely of these poems a poetic. Up, yeah, they, I, I, I feel like they kind of lend themselves to, it's just my way of processing the world around me day to day. And sometimes that ends up informing what I might write about later on. Some of those poems have ended up becoming parts of my my first collection of poetry. Um, And so my Jewels with the the Curls account um, often is 
just a celebration of the different lives around me. Um, and sometimes I'll use it to celebrate my friends and family and their birthdays or milestones. Um, because that's the thing I, I feel like any, any piece that you write, any story that you write, any way that you connect, even a picture, a picture in and of itself is a story. I, I just, I like to find a way to celebrate the different parts of life and the people that make that life thing. There was something about meeting someone in the Middle East and you became like partners for adventures. I definitely, I, I feel very, very lucky um, because I definitely had, I mean, the friends that I made in, middle, in the Middle East, that's the thing when you are, that's what I discovered in my time there. When you're an immigrant, you are off on your own in a totally different universe. And until you learn how to navigate that universe, the, the friends that you make, they also feel like family. And so I feel so grateful because the friends that I made there, those are lifelong connections. So for instance, it, it, because I went to Tel Aviv and because I was there at the right time, the right place, you know, um, I would say one of my, <laughs> one of my uh, partners in crime, um, there's um, one, of, one of my, just the dearest humans that I know, um, Claudia, she's from Montreal, Canada. And she happened to be in Tel Aviv during a time that I was also in Tel Aviv. So oh you know, a girl from Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky was able to, you know, become just, just forever entwined with a girl from Montreal, Canada, you know, or oh. like one of my, one of my dearest friends is from India. Another is from England. You know, I, I feel so fortunate. I, you know, I, I met so many different people. Um, there, there's one of my, one of my cherished friends. I mean, she teaches yoga and she's, um, just a fierce and fabulous Israeli who it's, it's like, you feel like you're flying on her rooftop when you're in that <laughs> yoga oh. class. I mean, I, every single person that I came across, um, they, they, they became part of my adventures. And that's part of what I love about just the stories that I've ended up creating is those were lived stories and the friends that I made that became my chosen family abroad and they lived those stories with me and and that's I think something that I I love <laughs> what I love is that these aren't just it, no story is just about one person it's often a ripple and any it, when you are out there living your life you have no idea the amount of times a day your story is rippling across and, you know, causing another person's story to ripple in their own ways. I mean, we are all so connected in ways that I think it's so easy to sometimes not realize when life can feel frenzied and chaotic. I, I think that it's so, so important sometimes to take those moments to sort of hone in and see just the ways that we have the capacity to connect with people. So as our time comes to a close, remember to keep creating, keep sharing, and keep supporting each other. And remember to bloom where you're planted. Bye for now.
We hope you've enjoyed part one of our conversation. Be sure to join us next week for part two.